We made this. Yeah, it's uh, we've now done twenty episodes, so it's time for our second countdown. How convenient! We'll find out who is for Christmas number one. <laughs> we've finally made that relevant. Wow! Again. And it's actually yeah, it's the Christmas episode, isn't it? Yeah, if, if, if the Christmas number one, which hasn't been relevant since uh, Rage Against Machine did that thing against that bloke that no one remembers from X Factor. I remember going to Gully's for a night out that Christmas Eve when uh, Rage Against the Machine were up for the top spot. That was fun. Yeah. Did, did you buy the single? Of course I did. Yeah, I did as well. <laughs> back, we all fell for it. Back when iTunes was also relevant. <laughs> did it like sell about half a million? It sold something daft, didn't Which, it? In 2009, that was crazy. Because they're doing a reunion at some point, aren't they? Yes, for Torvin next year. Yeah. Um, just smoking dates so far. I assume they'll end up upgrading on Leeds, maybe. My Chemical Romance have come back as well. Yeah, I saw. Really hoping, because um, in Asia, they're touring with support from Jimmy Eat World. Mm. So me and Kirsty are like really, really fingers crossed praying that that comes over here as well. I assume they'll do their own mini little festival over here. Probably. Uh, unless, again, we get tapped up by Leeds and Reading and they end up yeah. on a bill with people I've never heard of. Yep. About the youth, like, like young blood, and yeah, I still don't know what it is. Neither do I. <laughs> no. Right. Anyway, let's do it. But Christmas. Our top five movies so far, now that we've reviewed 20 in total, in number five, we have, with 15 gems out of a possible 20, 101 Dalmatians remake. Did they start with 15 Dalmatians in a film? They No, 15 puppies. Yes, exactly. So yeah. what you're saying is that there's another 80-something in a band somewhere. Yeah, once they're uncovered, we'll add them to the gem score. Yes. Then in fourth place with... Fifteen and a half gems. We have Condorman. I, I seem to remember that being a bit lower than that. But there you go. I think compared to the films that we'd watched before Condorman, it just seemed like a breath of fresh air. Yeah, probably did. <laughs> if we reviewed it again, it would probably get a lot lower. Oh yeah, I remember, <laughs> I remember him being an absolute knobber. Then thinking half way through, actually, I quite like this. <laughs> then in third place with sixteen point two six gems, we have the Love Bug. Well, I mean. I watched it at 4 o'clock in the morning, and then I was too ill to come over, but you know, I did like it. Maybe it was just delirium, the reason I liked it. <laughs> I'm sure Tony will be proud that he's managed to get one on the uh, the top spot for the time being. Oh, hell, Tony, lord of the podcast. Thanks, Tony. We made this. <laughs> then in second place, with 18 out of 20, it is The Island at the End of the World. Yes, very much deserved. Yep, very good film. And then right at the top spot with 19.5 out of 20. It's going to be difficult to beat that one. We have Cool Runnings. Yes. Absolute banger. This is that Brian Adams song from 1991 that stayed up on top of the charts forever. Cool Runnings will be there forever. Yep. And now it's time to go to the absolute pile of dog shit that is the worst Five films we have reviewed. I like how you went to that second. You're a glass half empty sort of person. Oh yeah, you want to end with the uh, crap, don't you? Yeah. So, in joint fifth worst... Instead of duh, 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 should it be like all farting noises? 
Some ASMR people are going to love that. Mm. Right, okay. So, in joint fifth with 10 points out of a possible 20. So, to be fair, not bad, not great. So, a good five each for this one. Yep. Or four and a six, if I remember. Yep, so we have joint fifth, Tomorrowland, Million Dollar Duck, and the Black Hole. But as you know, I'm pretty sure the Million Dollar Duck should be lower than that. I'm pretty sure Black Hole should be lower than that. Yeah. I'm pretty sure Tomorrowland should be lower than that. What the fuck's that doing up there? The scoring system is all over the place at the moment. Yep. Then, in fourth place, with nine gems, we have The Computer War Tennis Shoes, the first film we watched. I'm sure that's been weighted down by you being so negative from the get-go. Yeah. Um, I, I think that was a solid six. Well, tough, because that's where it is now. Oh, yeah. Then, in third worst, we have... Darby O'Gill and the Little People with a score of eight. Sorry, Ireland. (laughs) (laughs) You're lower than most of uh, your attempts at Eurovision these days. (laughs) But still higher than we are. Yes. (laughs) Sticking with uh, midgets in second worst place with 5.1 gems, we have the Gnomobile. I I feel like Darby O'Gill was revenge uh, for me picking the Gnomobile. I think that's pretty fair, yeah. Yeah. And then... Let's not do Snow on the Seven Dwarfs, for fuck's sake. <laughs> well, they haven't made a live-action remake of that yet, have they? Give it time. Yeah, it won't be long. And then, finally, on the dog shit that's under all the other dog shits, the dog shit that's, like, fossilised... The... Oh, we'll see what he did there. Yeah, the... Oh, yeah, good. <laughs> Unintentional pun there. <laughs> um, because with... The paltry sum of two gems is one of our dinosaurs is missing. I feel like you should put a gong here at this point. <laughs> yeah, alright. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure we did that in the film, though, didn't we? You know that soundbite that Dave uses at the beginning of uh, Cinema? Yo! Yeah! <laughs> That's used in every game ever. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm sure I've got a clean version of that in my files. Oh yeah, we'll have to use that. I'll then. send you it. Yeah. That was our uh, top twenty. Top ten, even. Christmas number one and number whatever the reverse number one is. Read the thing, Tim. Yeah, I will. But make it Christmassy. Ho, 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 everybody! I knew you were going to do that. And welcome to Without a Mouse, the podcast where we watch and review the obscure and forgotten live-action Disney movies on the hunt for a hidden gem. I am your host, as always, Tim Henton. Hello. Hello, Tim. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what I was going to do there. I was going to make a crack about instead of a hunt or a hidden gem, it should be a hunt for a hidden star on top of a tree. The hidden angel. Yes, On exactly. top of the tree. Uh, and joined, as always, by the mumbler over there, which is Christopher Wilson. Hello. How, how have you been, dude? I've been feeling very Christmassy. Me too, actually. Even though it's we're recording this in November. Yeah, I'm, I'm fucking lying. I'm not feeling Christmassy at all. <laughs> So, for some reason, this year it's hit me well hard. I've, I've been really like Christmassy for no particular reason. I, I do think watching this film has kind of helped. Mm. I, I work in retail management. I'm not allowed to be Christmassy until December 26th. Do you all have to wear like Santa hats and stuff and tinsel around your noggin? 
Now I just have to run around after knobheads for the next six weeks. Yeah, I don't miss that. Mm. <laughs> yeah, the same day that I watched this film, Christmas songs were coming on in the car. Oh, no. But I didn't skip them, so that means I must be in a festive mood. Oh, your own playlist. Oh, yeah, yeah, from my iPod. I, I, th- I thought you meant Compass FM and, like, firing no, off the plot. No. And oh, it's Christmas in November. Fuck it, nobody listens anyway. You know when you mean to take the Christmas stuff off your playlist and then, like, 12 months later, you're back to Christmas, so you just keep them on. No, I don't read Christmas songs on my playlist. Oh, fair enough. I like, weirdly, I I listen to that Darkness Christmas song, and there's a song by Ruben called Christmas is Awesome. Those are the only two songs you ever listen to. Do you know, there's no Ruben available on Amazon Music when you ask Alexa. Well, that's where you use Spotify, isn't it? Right. Sponsored by Spotify. (laughs) There's only one Ruben song I like anyway, and that's Freddy Krueger. No, I can't remember it. Uh, it's I've got a brilliant bit right near the end of the song where he just sings. Yeah. Apart from that, it's got nothing to do with Freddy Krueger at all, the whole song. Yeah, fair enough. It's good, though. I seem to remember Ruben on MTV2 a lot, but that was they were one of the bands where I went, okay, I'll switch over to Krang now. I want some 41. <laughs> well, I was the opposite. I was the guy flicking over to listen to Ruben and then going back and being like, oh shit, some 41 again. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Right. Here's a behind-the-scenes look at a special motion picture coming to your local theatres this holiday season. From Walt Disney Pictures. One Magic Christmas. One sleigh carry all the toys for all the kids every place. It's a magic sleigh. Very magic. The making of One Magic Christmas is the reliving of a childhood memory of producer Peter O'Brien. I think one of my favorite Christmas memories is when I was about six years old in the country near where we are right now at a farmhouse very much like the one where this film is taking place. I saw Santa Claus, absolutely for certain, for sure, come and fill up my stocking full of toys. And uh, I didn't see him completely because I had to, to uh, pretend I was asleep. Um, but I'll never forget it. It was definitely him. No question about it. One Magic Christmas stars Academy Award winner Mary Steenburgen and Harry Dean Stanton. It's a film that should have an uplifting effect on people and on audiences enrich their lives in some way, I hope. Good night, Jimmy. Merry Christmas. Good night, Gideon. It's a story filled with faith. Gotta go to the North Pole, Gideon. To see Santa Claus. And fantasy. I'm an angel. Christmas angel. You believe in magic, This holiday season, share the magic from Walt Disney Pictures at theaters everywhere. One magic Christmas. Santa Claus? Santa Claus? Santa Claus is real? No way. He can't be. But yes, don't ever forget. I told you so, Claus. So, 
This is our first Christmas episode, as we've already said. Hooray! And I purposely picked the a most... Christmas film. Well, well, yes. But it was the, uh, the most generic sounding, uh, film on the Disney Life app. Uh, we're not going to talk about Disney Plus. I've decided. Okay. I'm, I'm still bitter about it. Cause, uh, Disney Plus went live the day before this recording. Yep. And uh, still not available in the UK and won't be available for the next five months. I'll just buy a VPN, Tim, for God's well, sake. Well, looked into it and you can set up a VPN, but the problem is you have to have a bank account in America to use Disney Plus. So even if you go through a VPN, it won't let you. Because um, a lot of English fans have tried that. Even PayPal, you have to have set up for America rather than England. Right, okay. Because so, I, I, there was a workaround when I subscribed to the WWE Network about a year before it came out over here, and it required generating an address in America. Yeah. But I, I think that workaround involved using PayPal, so... Yeah, even, a few English fans have obviously tried, and the big hurdle is the fact that it will not let you have an account unless you have finances that are American, which is a right ball ache. Have you tried just illegally downloading the mandolin like everyone else? <laughs> the mandolin? Yes, the mandolin. <laughs> um, no, but at this rate, I might. I mean, if it's any help, Disney doesn't need the money. No, definitely not. Pirate the fucker. They've announced that the Disney Life app, which is the UK app currently, which is absolutely awful and don't work, will eventually be becoming the Disney Plus app. So I'm really worried that it won't be the same actual infrastructure that they use in America. I'm hoping it is because the stuff, the actual system and the app itself over here is terrible and don't work. Mm. So very, very worried about that. Yeah. Anyway, that's enough about that. Or we could literally be here all night as I keep rambling. Yeah, so Christmas! Pr- Christmas! Ho, ho, ho! I purposely picked, as I say, the most generic film I title that was on there, one that I'd never heard of. Which is amazing, considering the title's the most Christmas films, those generic as fuck. I know, especially Disney ones. Like, there's a million films that are like Mickey's Magical Christmas and Mickey's Favourite Christmas and, yeah. and Christmas with Mickey and Mickey, 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 Christmas Mickey mm. to the point where I never remember which one's which. Mm. And also, Mickey's Christmas Carol. Did you ever watch that as a yes, kid? Yes, I did, yeah. Yeah. So it was never available on DVD as a standalone film, but they incorporated it as a segment in another film that was one of these Mickey wankable Christmases, mm. which meant that I could never remember which DVD I was supposed to buy because it was never actually, it never said on the box that that was in it. Now, that's a first world problem. It is definitely a first world problem. You are right. Let's talk about this film. And what is this film called? It's called One Magic Christmas. And I actually said One Magical Christmas on the last podcast recording. That's how generic it is. I think One Magical Christmas sounds better than One Magic Christmas. One Magic Christmas. It rolls off the tongue better, I think. Yeah, no, I can see that. One, One Magic Christmas. Yeah. Very American way of putting it. <clears throat> it is, yeah, yes. I'd say so. Um, the very first thing that was noticeable from um, the version I watched on the Disney Life app was that there was very poor audio quality to this um, recording. Mm. Um, to the point where I had to turn my telly right up to hear what people were saying. And half the time I couldn't make out 
what people were saying. It was very mm. muffled. What, what did you use? Um, Go and buy my illegal Pirate Bay copy. <laughs> um, I think this audio thing is just a thing to do with the film. Yeah, mine, I thought it might be. Mine was very quiet as well. So, yeah. for whatever reason, or when there's been a transfer to home release or what, I think something may have been lost. Yeah. Um, luckily, though, the dialogue in this entire film was so bog-standard and generic that it was pretty easy to follow the plot anyway. Yeah. <laughs> I had another window open while I was watching this. I'm, I'm not surprised, yeah. to be honest. Yeah, I'm... I'm I'm going high risk again, by the way, with this. I've not taken notes. I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna read from the Wikipedia page, and hope for the best to remember scenes as they happen. Yeah. I only finished watching this about half an hour ago. I so. was going to say you haven't done your homework again, have you? This is literally uh, me handing it in right now. You're uh, flying by the seat of your pants at the moment, aren't you, with this podcast? Yep. The heady days of the summer, where we managed to record one episode a week, are uh, long gone, aren't they? They have indeed. Yes. <laughs> But hopefully we'll pick things will pick up in the new year, won't they? Won't they, Chris? Either that or I'm gonna make a soundboard and then you can just like sit here record it on your own and just press a couple of buttons. <laughs> in all seriousness, if things are getting too much, whenever we get a guest on, I'm happy to just be me and the guest or Obviously, I'm not going to put this in there. Okay, fair enough. (laughs) (laughs) You probably should now. Yeah, all right. No, because I know you've been dead busy with uh, cinema tree and other bits, but... And working. Yeah. Lots of working. Six six days a week, I have to work over Christmas, which is nice. Not fun. No. You need more time to be at home with your wife and kids. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's the true meaning of Christmas. Shit, I knew I forgot about something. Which this film's going to teach us, or the meaning of Christmas. Which, which apparently is for all of your family to die. That's what I learned from this film. Fucking spoiler and a half here. <laughs> I don't care, mate. <laughs> <laughs> so, it's a weird film. It went in directions I did not expect, but at the same time, with the knowledge I now have of Disney, it went totally the way I expected. <laughs> <laughs> this film, I thought, was bad. In ways that were very unique. I know, I know what you mean. It's still quite formulaic, yeah. but this film did not feel to me like a lot of the other films that we've watched. It was massively miscalculated in a lot of ways. Oh, yes, yes. In that you look at the DVD box at, oh, well, theoretically, of course, Google image search for me, and you see, oh, okay, this is going to be schmaltzy family affair Christmas sort of stuff. To be fair, I've not actually seen the box, because obviously using the app, so yeah. have a look. Oh, this is going to be their take on A Christmas Story, which, if you've never seen that film, you know, it's massive in America. I believe TBS over there on Christmas Day literally showed that film about 12, 13 times over a 24-hour period. Oh, wow. So I just thought it was going to be their Disney's take on that. Oh, dear. Yeah, I'm looking at the box now. Wow. yeah. It's the wife, husband, the daughter on a Christmas tree, isn't it? Um, it's the wife, Santa, and the daughter. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah, if dad's a bit of a deadbeat, you can't be asked to turn up for a DVD cover. <laughs> no. Um, spoiler alert, but not spoiler alert. Something to look out, look forward to will be my score at the end, because I honestly think my score is completely going to be based on how this conversation goes. It could go either way. Oh, okay. Fair um, enough. Okay. So, yeah. Uh, let's actually start talking about it. We start our opening with 
uh, black screen and we can hear the song Oh Christmas Tree, Oh Christmas Tree. Mm. Um, and then some weirdo in a tree dressed in a flasher mac and <laughs> hat is um, playing the harmonica to the moon and the moon talks back to him. Yeah, obviously. <laughs> so, as you do. So this is uh, Harry Dean Stanton, who, as far as I can tell, is about the only recognisable person in this whole film. Mum was, again, one of these characters, uh, one of these actresses that is in pretty much everything in small doses. Let me have a look. I just haven't seen a picture now on Wikipedia. I bet you she's been in all these Hallmark-type films. Yeah. Oh, yeah, so apparently she's in that... But uh, Back to Future Three, Philadelphia, Elf. That's where I know her from. Oh, of course. And yes. Step Brothers. God, yeah. how could I forget from Step Brothers? I stand corrected. I just didn't know her name. Apologies, <laughs> Mary Steenbergen. <laughs> yeah. So uh, this man in a tree who genuinely looks like he's going to be the killer in some kind of teen slasher film from the eighties. Yep. We find out is actually a, the opposite because he's an angel, a Christmas angel. Which is apparently a thing. I mean, I know it would have been really weird to have him in a bloody angel costume with a halo over his head, but... They go completely the opposite way, don't they? It just looks weird. And he looks very... Well, he's gone in the face because it's Harry Dean Stanton, and he looks like he hasn't had a shave in three weeks, and he looks like he would do something else to the children instead of save their lives. Yep. Uh, which is going to be a running theme for this whole film, I think. Oh, yeah, spoiler alert. Um, yeah, and he's talking to the moon, which is talking back, and the moon says he's, it's Nicholas. He calls himself Nicholas. So, basically, it's the voice of Santa communicating. It seems to be through the moon, because Angel Man is directing his... Or, another theory. Right. See, Vita Repulsa from Power Rangers, she was based on the moon. <laughs> I'm free! <laughs> hey, my monster grow! Time to conquer Earth! Yeah, I would much rather have seen Rita Repulsa in this film. Yeah. Um, I'd like to see, like, throw that really uh, scepter thing towards the Earth and Harry Dean Stanton to become a hundred foot. <laughs> I would, yes, that St- would have been a better film. Start trouncing this shithole suburbia that we've got going on. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, in this dialogue, Moon Nicholas tells the angel about this lady called Ginny Granger who doesn't believe in Christmas anymore and he tasks this angel who's called Gideon to help her believe in Christmas. Bear in mind she's like a 30 plus year old woman here. Of course she's not going to believe in Christmas. Yeah. There's a lot more people that are probably higher on the to-do list than this lady. Like me. <laughs> Do you believe in Christmas anymore? Me? Yeah. I, lo- I really love Christmas. <laughs> Someone doesn't work in retail anymore. I know, it's really telling, isn't it? Yeah. To be honest, I managed to escape the last couple of years in retail because I worked in a cafe and then I've worked here the last been here for the last couple of Christmases, so mm. I've had enough time to detox retail. And to be fair, when I worked in a spice shop, the Christmas period was actually quite good because they did they did some really good Christmas stuff, but people weren't like Mardi. <laughs> right, okay. I thought you were going to say bothered. It was really <laughs> quiet. It was really quiet. Not a single soul to be found. It was bliss. <laughs> the, if only. People that are going to buy spice stuff for their mates who tend to be like quite chilled out foodies. Mm. So even though it was busy, it was all people that were nice about it. So then straight from here, we go to the mall because 80s film. Of course, yep. 
Um, and we see these these two de- very depressed looking parents and their two bratty kids. Um, yep, they're thinking we shouldn't have had those. <laughs> yeah. Oh, they go to after this. Um, it's basically just an establishing shot, really. There's no yeah. not much dialogue to this bit. Then they end up in a diner where the little, little boy says that he wants a Swatch watch for Christmas, and it's kind of mum's like, no, yeah, we can't afford it, can't afford it. It basically like for I know Apple Watch of the day would have been expensive as fuck. Yeah. What's a small child need of a watch anyway? Exactly. Yeah. Um, or, or unless it was one of those watches, like in James Bond, where you, like you pull up a little pin thing, got some piano wire in there, or the one that set off mines in uh, Goldeneye sixty four. Yes, exactly. <laughs> oh god, I would have loved one of them watches. Uh, me too. Yeah. You can buy. I can't remember where from, but you can buy a watch that looks like the interface from uh, Goldeneye sixty four. Brilliant. And I'd really like to get my hands on one of those at some point. Uh, if you're listening, Kirsty. <laughs> Keep a watchful eye over that one. Oh, hey, oh. So, yeah, mum says they can't afford it. So, one of the kids says, Oh, does that mean we're poor? And she's like, No, we are <laughs> definitely not poor. So, she's it's a bit bit, bit, bit of a touchy subject, it yes. would seem. And they run out before they can pay the bill. And Never do. <laughs> <laughs> Should do. It's like, No, we're not poor, but Molly Monaghan is poor, which is setting up a character who appears later on. Yep. And then the lad threatens the sister, and it's all a bit. <laughs> Yeah. It's, it's all a bit nothing. He, he threatens to punch her or something. Yeah, yeah, that's right, yeah. There's that. Yeah, he does see, um, bam, zoom straight to the moon bit from the Honeymooners in the 1950s, that, um, sitcom about domestic abuse. Pretty much. Um, but then after this, yeah, they just seem to be mates. Like, it's just. Yeah, I mean, this doesn't come up again. You expect, like, the son and a daughter to be at each other's uh, heels, but I don't think you've been appearing in a scene again together, hardly, do they? Until they Barely. get killed. Spoiler. Barely. Um, and then, as they're leaving, we see the angel um, in the background wearing his pervy trench coat and hat, and really looks like he's going to murder somebody. For a sentient being, he seems to spend a lot of time just, like, wandering about instead of just thinking, well, I already know the gist of what's going on. From here on out, honestly... Honest to God, this film is, to me, edited like a horror film in a lot of ways. <laughs> the music is very down-tempo. Mm. All of these shots of him basically stalking the family for a long period of time. And any time anything magical happens later on, the score is still... It's very, like, what's strings that are yes. dis- discordant. Yeah, yeah, it definitely... Um- and it makes it really quite uncomfortable. Well, to yeah, but this is a film where the tone of it is just all over the shop anyway. Absolutely, so, yeah. Yeah, it sort of makes sense, but I don't know what the intention was. Yeah. So we go back to the family's house and we learn that they're moving house in 10 days, so there's shit everywhere. Yeah, um, so uh, so the idea is this is a company house and the father got fired from his job um, a few weeks, a few months ago. And now they've been told they need to get out of the house by January 1st. Wow, I did not get that from the dialogue. That's how muffled it was and yes. how incomprehensible it, at times. It, it was very, very fleeting because that's why you have like the person just barging in, showing someone else around the house. Yeah. It's basically, here's your dad's replacement. Yeah. How, how do you like the house? Oh, no, I don't like yellow. And uh, yeah, so they don't, the new people don't like their taste in. Yellow. Decor. <laughs> yeah, in, in Bastards. yellow. Uh, and then we see Nothing th- wrong with yellow. 
we see in the basement that Dad's got a bike workshop where he's making uh, a bike for Molly Monaghan for Christmas because she's dead poor. Yeah. Did you know she's poor, Chris? Yeah, but he shouldn't be taking care of his own kids. Yeah, that he apparently can't afford to buy for. Anyway. Yeah, yeah, but he can sort out for deadbeat neighbours' kids. That's the spirit of Christmas. Which Dad already has, apparently, but it's Mum that we've got to worry about. I might convert to Judaism. <laughs> Do it. Might celebrate Hanukkah instead. Far less commercialised. You'd look really good with a little hat on. Oh yeah, it will do. Especially if my hair keeps thinning out. <laughs> You're obsessed with your balding situation, aren't you? Chris? I am. Yes, That's you bring what... it up a lot. Yes, my, I've grown my hair long at the very top now for a reason. <laughs> I only had this cut yesterday. Not that you can tell on podcasts, you know. It's a wrong, <laughs> wrong, wrong medium for that the, sort. The of visual thing. medium of podcasts, exactly. Uh, yeah, so then the kids go and play a hockey game uh, down the street. Mm. Again, this is where I thought they were still going for that sort of a Christmas story sort of rip-off. Right. Because this is very much middle America. It's like, yeah. if you look at it one way, yeah, it's suburbia and it seems nice, but when you look at it in a different way, with like the way the snow is, how it's all slushed up, how grey it looks like, it, it's basically... A shithole, a this whole yeah. area. There's a lot of social commentary because there's a lot of um, references to sort of poverty. Yes, and a lot of the characters are very much down and out. Yeah, but the film's not bothered about it. It doesn't it's, set up any kind of way to help people. It's, it's just not. more bothered about this one person must be more Christmassy, and it doesn't uh, translate that well either. Because I think most people in the UK would love to have houses the size of what most poor people in America have. Yeah, the houses are fucking huge over there. Yeah. Um, and uh, they're talking to Molly Monaghan, who says that she's not going to get anything for Christmas, but what she really wants is a bike. And they sort of mention that it's only three days to go till Christmas. So where's her dad in all this lot? Uh, I think it'd be very funny. Uh, oh, Christmas is a new dad, and like, there's the other dad in the basement thinking, shit, trying to like, make her dad out like bicycle spokes. Maybe he uh, went out for a pack of cigarettes like that kid from uh, Something Wicked This Way Comes did. Oh yeah. Oh that's an old cliche. I think <laughs> think Nelson Muntz's dad went out for a pack of cigarettes as well. Yeah. And this is where the angel finally steps in. And the kids, you know, rightly so, get very strange a danger and say, who the hell are you? Mm. To which he says, just a friend. And it's just like Okay. I, I've got some ice cream in the back of my van. <laughs> I've got some ice cream in my pocket. Put your hand in it and mm. you can get some. Oh, wait a minute. No, that's a hot dog. Oh, God. It's just the aesthetic of the character. Yeah. He looks like he looks yeah, he, like he's seen some shit, doesn't he? He's always... He looks like a nonce. Let's not, <laughs> let's not beat around the bush here. He looks predatory. Yeah. Um, and it, I the, don't know why... I. Uh, I, I know they probably got Harry Dean's stance and, and needed him to, do, him to do something, but Santa Claus is in this later on. Why not have Santa Claus undercover or something like that instead? Yeah. It's a very strange decision. It's so badly cast because this guy does not come across as likable no. by children. <laughs> no, Harry Dean Stanton is playing Harry Dean Stanton. is a bit of a grump. Yeah. Then one of the kids that's actually playing the hockey um, lo- accidentally launches uh, one of the pucks towards a kid and uh, Angel Man manages to use his magical powers to send it smashing through a window instead. Yeah. I mean, he could have not smashed a window. It would have been good. <laughs> Don't know what saving that kid's face has to do with Christmas, but there you go. Um, but mean, again, like the... Just sort of implies it means he could do anything at any given moment to help this family. Yeah. And he just chooses not to. 
and the the visual effects for this are awful. Mm. Um, it's literally just like a big white flash that occurs. And again, we get this really eerie, discordant sound. It doesn't give the scene a positive tone. No. It just, with the character design, with the sounds, I honestly felt at this point that this film was going to end with, like, everybody dead. Which it kind of does. <laughs> no, I, I just... I, I thought we were just going to go through the motions of a normal Christmas film at this yeah. rate. Uh, well, I... At this moment, I did. I thought maybe they'd get, like, I know, win the lottery, and but then realise in the end it's all about family and blah, blah, blah. I thought we were going to yeah. go in that sort of direction instead because this family is down and out on its look within, like, two minutes yeah. in, and it's like, okay, we need the uplift here or yeah. something. Yeah, and then our next scene, again, the tone throws itself in a completely different direction. So we get a shower scene. Which again, slasher film kind of vibes going yeah, on. Yeah, um, but we get the mum, um, our Ginny Granger. She's in the shower. The song "Stop" in the name of love is playing, and she's singing along, having a really nice moment. Yeah, and this is the only time in the film that we see her happy yes. until the end. Mm. And all I could think was like, what, what this scene tells you is this woman is happiest when she's alone. Yeah, and. I honestly was like, maybe this film's going to end with divorce. Maybe this is going to, like, are we going to learn to love Christmas and realise our family is what's making us depressed and leave them? Well, it's not a message I could get behind. I know. Like, it just feels, this film doesn't know what it's doing at this point. I don't know. I, Because I, going back to what I was saying about a lot of it, when she says at the end of this scene, so, I mean, we'll quickly recap it. So, she... Uh, the, the phone rings, so she goes to answer because no one else does. And in the meantime, ha ha ha, the two kids, and then Molly from next door, or going and take a, a piss and or poop. Yep. Uh, so she's basically locked out of the bathroom, and by the time she gets back in, she's like, oh, I wish I had a house with two bathrooms. Yeah, so it's setting up that she's a materialistic person. That I don't think, yeah, I'd say I thought at this point we'll still go and go with the suddenly the get really fortunate angle. Yeah. Because, yeah, it's setting up that they are definitely down and out. Yes. Um, but during this bit, she accidentally gets uh, her flannel stuck in the plug hole and the bath's filling up whilst these kids are all taking a shit. Yes. Um, so you think maybe this is going to end with some house damage because uh, it's going to overflow and there's going to be issues. Mm. Um, but then instantly in the next scene, the kids are just mop it up and everything's fine from the ground floor <laughs> yeah. yeah so it, do- it doesn't go anywhere this mm. but as well like i was thinking about it and uh i don't know about you chris but i've noticed that a shower doesn't take takes a very long time if you've got a shower running to fill a bath to run a bath takes a long time if you want to get the right temperature yeah it, it takes about 15 20 minutes three kid shits isn't going to do it no i doubt it but anyway, apparently it's still flooded. Yes, yeah, like you're a very fast-working shower. During this scene, her little the, the boy asks mum, why don't you ever say Merry Christmas? And she says, people don't mean it. So, yeah, what a thing to say to your kid. At least she's been realistic. Oh, and then uh, one thing I noted was that the girl was wearing a really cool Gremlins t-shirt in this scene. I didn't notice that. She was wearing like a, a baseball shirt with pink sleeves and then a picture of... Uh, Gizmo. Gizmo in the middle. Yeah. yeah. I'm glad I didn't see it because I would have thought, oh, I wish I was watching Gremlins instead. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
then we go to the grocery store where the mum works. Yeah. Um, and the whole way through this scene, there is the angel staring at her from the back of various shots. And she's working the tannoy, telling people about the Christmassy deals they've got on. But she's being really mopey about it. And I was just like, cheer up, emo kid. And that's coming from an emo kid. So she needs to cheer up. Again, uh, you, you don't go to Asda and hear someone going, wow, look at all these offers are like. No, they're just doing the job. Marjorie to the counter, please. Marjorie to the counter. Thank you. Every shop has a Sharon. Yes, they do. Having worked in a lot of mm. uh, retail, yeah, every shop has a Sharon. And a Shannon. Sharon. And a Carol. Clean up an R3. Help. Uh, yeah, when she's here, she's dealing with a knobhead customer. And then the stereotypical knobhead boss as well, who, it, it, after she has to make all these announcements, that is on to her because there's a massive queue now of customers waiting to be served by her. Yeah, and tells her to step on it. Yes. Uh, so there's friction there, which comes up later as well. Um, and then Mrs. Monaghan, Molly Monaghan's mum, um, she's buying on the tills and her shopping comes to twenty six eighty three, but she's only got $25 in food stamps. Yes. Um, so she has to take a few items off to be able to pay for her shopping. Disney! So, so again, like, yeah, it's setting up this poverty that never gets addressed. No. I mean, Molly gets a bike at the end of the day, but... Which solves capitalism. Yeah, exactly. Brilliant. Mm, great. <laughs> Then we go outside in the town centre where they're decorating the Christmas tree and uh, the, the angel that's going on top is very pretty, apparently. That's what they say. Yeah. Um, doesn't just, something go wrong here where we're going to put the lights on which just doesn't go anywhere at this point? Um, they mention that the town council has not authorised them to use any of the town's electricity mm. to power it. So oh, they right. have to, they're going to have to sort themselves out fit with a generator. Speaking of, fuck it, I'm going to date the podcast a bit. Have you seen the other Grimsby Telegraph today? Yeah, the, the uh, Christmas tree. The Christmas tree. I'm sure this happened last year as well. It I did, think, yeah. I think I'm going nuts. So in a Grimsby Town Centre, in the, the outdoor bit, they've put up a eight-foot Christmas tree. Yeah, it looks diddy. Yes. I, and they've still put, like, all the bloody traffic cones and barriers all around it. as like, whoa, watch out, it might fall on you. It's more likely that someone could just... It's to stop people from picking it up and walking off with it, I think. Uh, it's got to be, because the only other thing, it won't fall on you. You might trample on it. But... It would literally fit in our conservatory. Yeah. But Grimsby, eh? Mm. The thing is, though, the Grimsby Town Centre is so, like, empty anyway. There's no point in trying to attract people with a decent tree. There's not, no. I mean, in this day and age, why would you go shopping in Grimsby Town Centre when halls nearby, uh, meadow halls are now away? Yeah. If it's not underwater, like it was this week. Well, yeah, of course, of course. <laughs> We're really dating this episode, aren't we? <laughs> and if, you, you? if you're from anywhere other than England as well, you wouldn't have a clue what no. we're about. Yeah, let's not date the podcast anymore. Election was a bit shit, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, who do we think's in power now? Oh God, I don't, I don't even want to think about it. Oh, I know who's in power now. <laughs> yeah, right. Not okay. my fault, thank you. Because <laughs> Chris didn't vote. <laughs> I did. <laughs> I did vote. Right, so... Unless I got my address wrong. Then I didn't vote. <laughs> then it's bedtime with the little girl and her and dad having a little chat. The, the audio here for me was really bad. Yeah. I couldn't hardly make out a thing we were saying here, so... The girl gets really annoying <clears throat> at 
from here for a good while because in every scene she's asking mum or dad questions about Christmas constantly. Mm. And really bog standard stuff like are angels real, where does Santa live? Stuff that this kid is old enough to know or have asked already. I think I don't remember a phase in my life where I believed Christmas was real, you know, like Santa and all that lot. No, no me neither. I, as far as I'm aware, even like at the age of like four or five, I was aware that it's just a thing that we celebrated. If there wasn't this whole mythos or true mythos behind it. Was your mum as Scrooge like as this uh, lady? Was she constantly telling you that something's not real? No, I just don't think. <laughs> I just don't think uh, we were ever bullshitted like that. To be fair. Fair enough. There was a really cute moment in this sequence that I liked where dad hangs the girl from his, holds the girl's feet and hangs her upside down. Yeah. And then like swings her from side to side while she like pulls down the uh, duvet on the bed oh, yeah, so yeah. she can get in. And I thought that was really cute. It was. Uh, it was a really nice character moment, but, mm. but pretty much the only one in the whole film. Yeah. I mean, it's hard to believe I'm saying this because it can be like really cynical and hard aged at times, but I feel like this film could have done with a bit more stuff like with with that yeah I like that because you don't care about these characters really do you no it's uh, a surprisingly cynical film otherwise yeah considering you know it's Christmas it's supposed to be all schmaltzy and Hallmark Channel and all that shit and this scene like although that that visual moment was quite endearing the dialogue was just still so benign and boring and just what's Christmas daddy oh Mm. Christmas is great and it's just yeah. Then the next route, uh, the next scene. Sorry, the kids over here. Mum coming back with all of the toys um, for Christmas. The little girl is shocked because she's basically surprised that Santa's not delivering the presents because yeah. it's ruining Christmas for her. And um, but then the the boy says that basically Santa buys the rest. And I thought this was a very insensitive thing to put in what's essentially a kids' film, like breaking that kayfabe. Yes, here we go again. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I think we brought this up again. Yeah, kayfabe for you. Um, um, it's now, nah, but I don't think it's Disney's responsibility to keep up a kayfabe that Santa's real, though. No, I suppose because I can't recall any other film. Like, I mean, for fuck's sake, according to three other films, Tim Allen is Santa Claus. So you know, <laughs> that's true. God, I don't want him coming down my chimney. Uh, <laughs> no comment. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Oh, oh, I've gone all red. (laughs) (laughs) Then uh, mum says that she's basically, you know, she's got one present each for the kids and that's all they're getting because they're too poor. And the girl, her kid logic is that the reason she's only getting one present is because she didn't write to Santa this year. So she goes to write her Santa Claus list. Of course. Um, And dad says, let's take a couple of hundred dollars out of our savings um, so that we can buy some more presents mm. because we have $5,000 in our savings. I'm with the mother on this one. So basically, mum says no. Yes. Um, I In the situation therein, you hope that you've taught your kids enough to appreciate what they get. Yes. And then not to be like stingy and not like try to justify, oh, you're just buying some paper clips for Christmas. But I, <laughs> I think quality over quantity, I think, is, you'd hope that uh, kids be taught that. I'm totally a single bachelor, never <laughs> yeah. having kids sort you're of person. Tight bastard. Yeah, basically. The, 
I see where you're coming from on that, but I thought at this point, I was really surprised to find out that they had five grand in savings, considering up to this point, the film has kind of suggested they're literally on the poverty line. It suggested at the beginning of the film that they were going to be made homeless on January 1st. Yeah. So, if I was them, surely you would have found another place and moved into it before Christmas to end that anxiety. I honestly, I I could have been wrong, but the way I read this film was that they they already had somewhere sorted for after Christmas. Because they, when they talk about it, they just say, we're moving in 10 days. Yeah. They never say, we're going to be homeless in 10 days. Yeah. So I think the moving is just added stress rather than a financial oh, issue. Oh, yeah. Okay, I can see that because I remember uh, before the scene of the supermarket, uh, Ginny complains that uh, she's got to do the packing on her last morning off. Yeah. So, yeah, that makes sense. But then again, like, five grand in the 80s, especially when this film took place, it's not an insignificant amount of money for them it, to be suggesting that they're going to be... It's not, no, but there's also this plot line that we haven't really mentioned yet where... Whether Dad, um, Jack, wants to start his own business, yeah. open a bike shop, which if you do that, that's going to eat into most of that money. Yeah, but again, Mum says no to that, yeah. even though Dad currently is unemployed, and the five grand would be make it possible for him to set up this business. Um, so this that that seems kind of counterintuitive to me, but mm. whatever. Then the girl writes a letter to Santa, goes into the parents' bedroom. Um, where mum apologises for being cranky. Um, oh no, sorry. This is uh, in the parents' bedroom. It's mum and dad alone. Yeah. And mum says sorry to dad for being cranky, and uh, she basically shoots a shot, tries to get in, get dad to put out, and I think he does. Like like they were gonna have some mummy and daddy time after that. Well, he's a man, isn't he? But again, like you kind of think. So things are all right at home as well. Like, what what are we worrying about? <laughs> well, I mean, it, a bit later on, it's not represented as though things are hundred percent fine. I think, well, no. I think uh, the uh, the dad has a bit more ambition than what she wants him to have, considering there, which is rude. Well, if he hasn't got a job and she's having to take shifts at a crappy supermarket, then yeah. there's got to be compromise somewhere. I suppose. Um, then the little girl, just in the middle of the night, runs out of the house to put the letter in the letterbox for Santa. <coughs> of course, on a very snowy night as well. Yeah, and the angel is sat up a tree playing his harmonica again, watching her. And he, he loves being on the trees. He does, yeah. I wish there was a scene where we actually see Harry Dean Stanton attempt to climb one of them. Do you think um, he's trying to, you know, since he's got all this time to kill, he's just looking through people's bedroom windows whilst they get undressed? Yep. In his Mac. Yes, correct. <laughs> um, it turns out his favourite film is Rear Window. He wants to relive it. <laughs> then, uh, yeah, he, he goes down to the mailbox and uses his magic to pull the letter out of the box. Well, that's just illegal. I mean, in this country, once you post it... Did you know this? Once you post a letter, it becomes property of the Queen. I did not know that. Yeah. Well, does it still now that the Royal Mail is a privately owned company? Yeah, it probably does. <laughs> no fucking difference, is there? What an entitled bitch. Yes. We don't, we can't roll mail Come, for a reason. Coming over here, stealing everyone's mail, giving it back to them eventually. Yeah. Then we get a little bit of world building, and um, because the little girl quizzes this guy about how he became an angel, 
And he basically said he was a human um, who was an account man. And then one Christmas Eve, he saved a drowning boy from the river. Yes. But then he died in the process. So, crossover time, Chris. <laughs> Is Gideon Jim Nightshade's dad? That's a very good question. I didn't think about that. Because. Yeah, same thing. You, yeah. You're right. In the, some, in something wicked, this way comes, Jim Nightshade's dad saved the other lad, the Milky Bar kid, yeah. from drowning, and that's what caused the other guy to feel really fucking old. And he disappeared. We never see, Jim oh, Nightshade's okay. dad disappeared. Gideon died. So we've got some sort of Marvel Cinematic Universe thing going on For here. shit Disney films. <laughs> yes. I don't know what else to call that universe. Um, the without a mouse universe. Yeah. <laughs> I think that we could make some kind of weird theory that links all of these films together. I reckon so. And I will do it. You know how they're funded, don't you? How? That dunk shit in gold. <laughs> <laughs> Instead of Nick Fury, it's just a duck. Yeah. <laughs> With an eye patch. <laughs> Ding. <laughs> And then, uh, what happens next is, for whatever reason, she decides to go play with traffic. <laughs> yep. And we get the one car that's out and about at like two o'clock in the morning, almost run her over. But, um, Gideon, uh, that's Harry Dean Stanton's character's name, he clicks his fingers basically and makes sure that the car basically skips past her and drives along as though nothing ever happened. Yeah. And then, then out comes Ginny. To like get her back in, yeah. And just before that bit, um, quite important for the plot because this is what actually makes the plot happen. Oh, he's a Christmas angel. Um, yeah, he he mentions that he's a Christmas angel. The little girl says, "Can you make my mum like Christmas?" And he says, "The way to do that is to let your mum mail the letter herself." Right, and that's important, but not at the same time. Oh, okay. Well, and this is when the mum actually when she comes out because of the car crash. Finally, someone says that you should never talk to strangers. Yeah. Despite this, these kids spending their whole time talking to a, a creepy man in a dirty Mac. Yeah, basically. And I think those two, uh, Gideon and Ginny, get into a conversation there and then. Yeah. And Ginny's like, I don't know you. Go away, you dirty old man. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then they go to visit Grandad. Um, or Great Grandad, sorry. Yeah. I'm not really sure why they needed to specify that this guy was great granddad, because... I don't know, it's... He looks too young to be the great granddad, for one thing. I just think it's his normal grandfather, I don't think it's great grandfather. That's what they said. <laughs> Multiple times. Okay, then. Because I, I, I remember thinking, so, why? <laughs> so, is the point of this scene, then, because he like lives in a very nice house with a fireplace, and it all looks rather Christmassy, you know, in a the stereotypical way... Is the point here saying we could have it so much better, but I take it whoever he's, uh, whether it's his son or daughter, he probably thinks, yeah, they married an absolute deadbeat, don't want anything to do with you, really. Go away. Could be. Um, I honestly thought that maybe great granddad was cut out of the film in other places, um, just because he he appears later on, but without any dialogue, and I just wondered if. Maybe there was a plot line that was oh, skimmed out. He's, he reappears towards the end, doesn't he? Yeah, when, but when, he's not, when he thinks the kids are dead. Yeah, but he's not very relevant at that no, point. No, so. so yeah, this whole scene doesn't really go anywhere apart from showing 
how they could have it so much better. The main thing is that they get a snow globe out of the attic, which the girl gets to keep. Yes. And they also, the boy gets a Christmas book, which is pointless. Um, Just a Christmas book. like Yeah, it's just like a book called look, Christmas. Yeah. yeah, and inside all the pages just says Christmas so, all, over and over again. All Christmas and no Christmas, Christmas makes Christmas, Christmas a Christmas Christmas. 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 <laughs> <laughs> uh, then uh, next scene, the kids are brushing the teeth um, and they're discussing how Santa gets down chimneys. And this, these are the little scenes that were really winding me up, just like, because they, they become a bit too frequent where these kids are just going on and on and on about Christmas in general. Um, it kills two minutes, doesn't it? That's pretty much it, yeah. Because this film, how long was it? It was an hour and 28 minutes, so yeah. it definitely needed some filler. Um, and basically we're now just barely, we're treading water, or treading ice, or treading snow, yeah. until Christmas Eve here. So, yeah, yeah uh, we're just talking about lots of Christmas stuff. Then there's a scene in where Ginny's putting the little girl to sleep at bed, in bed, and um, the girl asks his Santa married and stuff. Mm. And at this point, I was like, I hope at, by the end of this film we meet Santa because we are doing a shit ton of law building for Santa, despite yeah. this film only so far having an angel in it. Yes. Um, luckily, we do get to see Santa. Yes, we do. But very. Uh, Spoiler. <laughs> yeah. But we don't need all of this world building because it's Santa. Everybody fucking knows Santa. Yeah. We don't need to know if he's got a wife or any of this shit. It'd be like an hour in, in a Nicolas Cage film explaining who Nicolas Cage is. <laughs> and then they meet Nicolas Cage and it's like, well, yeah, it's Nicolas Cage. Of course we know who he is. Yeah. It's Nicolas Cage. And the whole scene, Gideon is stood in the back corner of the room watching them. <sighs> and it's just so creepy. Mm. Yep. And then... um. Mum goes out, Gideon talks to the girl and breaks her snow globe. He drops the snow globe, yep. only to then pick it back up again and it forms back into pieces. And again, we get this... Um, Wasn't that a bit in the music video for November Rain? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and the next thing slashed and I was out of a church and did a guitar solo. Oh, it's just like... And again, it's this really creepy discordant sounds. The CGI is literally just a white flash of light. It just reads, especially because we're in the dark with this creepy dude mm. in the in this kid's bedroom. It just reads horror film. The whole film reads horror film to me. Now I'm just thinking about November Rain music video now. <laughs> I'm going to splice it together. Well, yeah, that's your next video for uh, Twitter. Yeah. Um, is it uh, uh, this point as well where you establish that Ginny didn't post the letter yet? I think uh, Abby asked her to do it and she just hasn't done it. The Correct. Mis- the miserable yeah. sod. Yeah. Uh, God, I've got so many notes. We've still got four pages to go. This film was very long. For, for an hour and 28 minutes. Yeah, I'm only on the second paragraph on this Wikipedia article. Yeah. Out of six. Then we see Mum uh, sorting out all the bills, but she doesn't post the letter to Santa. No. Uh, we see that Dad's... This is where Dad's talking about setting up a small business loan for his business. Yeah. And Mum says, you know, fuck that, get a job, you fucking scrounger. Yes. <laughs> and uh, so he storms out the house. She goes after him. Yeah. And there's uh, imagery and symbolism and stuff. Is there? Because as she's walking out, all the Christmas lights around her in the neighbourhood start to go out. Oh, yes, yes, they do. Which, according to Wikipedia, 
It's to show that the last of her Christmas spirit has been drained away from her. And at this point, she gets really fucking miserable because she starts asking, like, what did my parents live for? Is what she says to her husband. Mm. It's like, Jesus, love. Like, <laughs> Calm <laughs> down, did, love. Where, it's Christmas. Where did that come from? <laughs> um, yeah, dad walks off. Gideon's creeping in the background. Uh, breakfast. Uh, Mum's off to work. And she says um, a line that really resonated with me and I really felt for her, mm. which is she actually says, I'm getting sick of all this talk of Santa. Yeah. And I was as well. Very much so. Indeed, indeed. A note that I've just realised that I've written here, uh, it's not relevant to anything in the plot, but I just put that I just keep zoning out whilst I'm watching this film. I found it very difficult to get into it. It's only when things take a turn in a few minutes. Yeah. But I actually paid attention. Uh, like the first 45, 50 minutes here, yeah. I could scrub from my memory right away, to be fair. Yeah, then there's a scene where uh, Ginny's driving to work with a colleague yeah. and a gentleman who's really struggling uh, is trying to sell his car to the garage owner and he refuses to buy the car, basically. Um, and then this guy, his last resort is he's off to go rob the bank. Yeah. So, so again, poverty, great. Yeah. Very good for a Disney film. Very... Uh, I, I'm quite surprised Disney would bring such a thing like poverty into this. Especially when there's no answer to Payoff it. Payoff to end. it, yeah. 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 Because uh, gen- generally in these films like that, they it's basically a Vagus to Riches story. Or they get rich, but then they realise, oh, it's family that was important all along, but... Yeah, I mean, there's sort of like this general attitude in films like, well, not like this as it turns out, that most people just like temporary embarrassed millionaires where they'll find what they want eventually. And But here, it just seems to be the exact opposite. Yeah. Really, it's all, I almost want to admire Disney for their daring here. It's For a kid's film, it's just so bleak. That's the thing, though. It's clear, It's a Disney film, and it's been clearly advertised for children, and they've done this thing again, like they used to do in the 60s and 70s films, where they take a concept that, on paper, could be quite fun, like maybe Schmaltz for a Christmas one, and then they suddenly go, what's the most left-field worst thing possible we can do? So, like... Yeah. So in, in in all the 70s and uh, 60s stuff, it's like, oh yeah, we'll put a bunch of middle-aged men in there and take away all sense of whimsy. And they've sort of done it again here. Yeah, because it's not about the kids. It's not about... It's barely even about the angel. It's about the mum who's having a shit time and hates everything. Yeah. And, uh, Which, again, it, it was this film made for then. Yeah. I mean... I, I can't complain that much because it's a welcome relief that I'm actually watching something different for once. But that's it. I really, as much as I think it's a bad film, like I was interest, weirdly interested. Yeah, like grotesquely interested in this. Yeah, film. yeah. <laughs> yeah. So then we, in, Dad is at work at the bank as well. Yeah. At the time this robber comes in, and would you believe it, he gets shot. Yes, he does. He actually, in this Christmas film. He does. For children. Yeah, so he goes sneakily get out for two hundred dollars that was he was told he can't do. Yeah. So in so the your daughter goes into Mum's supermarket just because. Yeah. Uh and and says, Oh yeah, Dad is withdrawing two hundred quid. So uh, Ginny's going to like storm off to the bank to prevent this from happening. As a result, 
she gets fired by her manager for leaving in the middle of a busy shift. Which she doesn't care about. Which she doesn't care about that much. Which is annoying considering, and out of character, considering how much she's been having a go at Dad for being unemployed. How desperate she sounded as well, yeah. Yeah, for her to then walk out just completely beggars belief. Yeah. And I I sort of sympathise with the manager as well, because it is busy in that store. Yeah. You can't... As a manager, you can't let that sort of thing slip, because then... Every other employee around him will yeah. use that to, as a stick to beat him with. So he is quite justified in firing her. I think a lot of times in sort of kids' films and stuff and Disney films, the manager is falsely set up as the man. Yes. When, you know, he's not the corporate entity. He's still just an employee who's, yeah. who's been paid barely more than the cashier, essentially. Yeah. So you can't... He's supposed to be the bad guy in this sequence, but when you've worked in retail, you understand that he's not. Yeah, so in my job, I'm basically almost up there. Yeah. In, in the sort of thing that it does. Well, you know, in the retail aspect of it. So, yeah, I can perfectly see why that sort of thing... Well, it is a fireball offence at the end of the day. Well, yeah, to be fair, yeah. S- Sorry. <laughs> but yeah, and so she gets in the bank just in time to see Dad getting shot. Yeah. And Merry this, Christmas. To be fair, this film has far too many parents in it. So, uh... <laughs> yeah, but we need at least one dead parent. So there you go. It happens in the film instead of beforehand. It's yeah. a treat for us, more than anything. Absolutely. It didn't happen off camera for a yeah. change. A, a Batman-esque back, backstory, really. <laughs> it is, yeah. <laughs> if only Dad was wearing a string of pearls that could have been snapped <laughs> on his way down. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and then to add insult to injury, the robber on his way out steals uh, Dad's car with the two kids in it, um, and a chase ensues, which ends with the shittest like um, roadblock of a single car, which he could easily have driven around. I don't think he could have done it. It was a narrow bridge. It was a narrow bridge, but I purposely paused and reversed it to have a look how big the gap was, and I think he could have managed it. Yeah, I, I think this was a case of... Saving a bit of money of a budget. Yeah, but anyway, the the uh, car ends up tanking it into the river. Yeah. And the kids drown. Yeah. Merry Christmas. Yeah. So, this is a weird one in that this is quite ballsy to basically do the Christmas equivalent of Psycho in, in killing off characters halfway through that you'd never expect to do. Yeah. I think... My issue here, by virtue of it being a Disney film, obviously, and establishing as angels know that lot, you know that these characters are coming back. Therefore, yeah, you and can. therefore, while it's daring, you know what's going to happen. Therefore, there's no tension in this film whatsoever. Ho ho ho! Merry fucking Christmas! Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I mean, I'll take it from our perspective of I've watched too many Disney films now, <laughs> and so I I know all the tropes. Yeah. I, I imagine someone who, who went to see this in 1985 or whenever it came out, who is not really caught in on because this was. Buena Vista again, wasn't it? Um, it's hard to tell with Disney's branding because while it might start off as one, it tends to change over time. Yeah. Like The Nightmare Before Christmas, that came out as a touchstone film yes, back in the day. But obviously now that it's... As soon as it became popular, then they go, oh, actually that was us, that was Disney. Yeah, Disney's Nightmare Before Christmas. <laughs> yeah. So I, I think this would have been a bit more shocking to people in 1985 who may have not, not made that connection to Disney. Maybe. 
But yeah, um, but then I feel like they must have marketed this as a kids' film because how else do you get people to a Christmas film? Uh, apparently, in 2019, you put George Michael songs in it. Yeah, that looks terrible, by the way. It does look terrible, but it's directed by Paul Feig, who who I quite like. So I might end up going to see it. I find him slightly hit and miss. Well, yeah, he can be pretty hit and miss, but yes, when he hits, when yeah, he, when hits, he, he hits, hits well, it he, yes, he does. Yeah, yeah. He just needs a better editor. <laughs> so then we go back to the house, and to add more bleakness to it, we get some lovely shots of the empty house with nothing happening in it. Yeah. Which, yeah, pre- pretty gut-punching, I thought. It did its job, that. It did, yeah. Um, everyone's dead, basically. And, and mum's crying in the bathroom, and then we, <laughs> you know, within two minutes of the, the crash, we then get the shot of Gideon walking about with the kids who are not dead. Yeah. So that's that tension gone. Well, yeah. But you, you couldn't have kept them dead for too long. It would have been a bit cruel for a Christmas film, maybe. Yeah. And then great-granddad tells mum that the police have found the kids. So, yeah, we get our great-granddad back in mm. to not do very much. Um, the kids arrive home, and they say that, you know, an angel saved us. And at this point, it really felt like it was going to be the end of the film. Uh, but obviously, Dad's still dead, so no. we've got that to deal with. No, I say uh, all along I knew, or I figured out the dad's got to come back as well. But we've still got 30 minutes of the film left, so we've got like a third, a whole third act to happen yet. You know, I realise this, but I don't, I couldn't even tell you, even though I finished watching this about an hour ago, about what happens afterwards. What, which, from here? Yes, which is why I've got Wikipedia open. <laughs> so. Because we... there's a lot of talk then about, is dad dead? Yes. Is Quinone right though? No. But it's Christmas. Yes. yes. So, so, yeah, Mum explains it all. <laughs> about Dad's death. The Sunbury reacts, which I thought was pretty... Psychopathic. Yeah. <laughs> which is, you know, perfectly in line for the rest of this bloody film. <laughs> the little girl's like, well, maybe Gideon can save Dad. And, yeah. Oh, and, and Gideon, I forgot to mention before, he said that when when you need me, you'll find me at the tree, uh, the Christmas tree in town. So she runs off, uh, but... The son tells mum, because he's a fucking snitch. Yeah. So we see mum running after her. Gideon says, when they arrive, that he can't bring dad back, but maybe Santa can. <laughs> but this man can. And then, like, <laughs> stars in your eyes, through the smoke, out comes Santa Claus. Yeah, so mum arrives to see that the kids, uh, his, her daughter's disappeared. <laughs> Just when she's got her back. Yeah. Um, Tough and, day. And we go to the North Pole. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's been set up, but yeah, why not? Fuck it. Yeah, and it's really funny because it's the snow globe from earlier was a model of the North Pole, and the <laughs> it looks like the North Pole set is literally just the tiny model from a snow globe. It's like really shoddy. They've done that miniature model sort of thing, yeah. just like zoomed in on it. And then, like, after all of this world building we've done and all this build up to meeting Santa. Mm. We literally, we see a, an exterior shot of the North Pole and then smash cut to being inside, talk, chatting with Santa as if like... With the background looking like the uh, uh, mailing office. Yeah. So there's no big build up. There's no sort of reveal of the character. There's no shock and awe. We're just chatting with this old man. I don't think we've seen any elves or anything. And no reindeer. No. It's just ordinary people like putting yeah. stuff in letterboxes. It's which, a very strange decision. Which means we haven't got, you know, a midget trilogy to work with here. This is... Uh, I've, honestly, I'm glad. We've, we've got a lot of regular-sized people. Good. <laughs> no offence, but good. Yeah. Bloody Davio Gilbert. Yeah, bad film. 
little girl says to Santa she wants a dad back, and he says that he can't do it. But... Uh, well, what am I, Santa Claus or something? Oh, shit. <laughs> yeah, and he says that I can't do it, your mum can. <laughs> yeah, that, that sounds like a really witty comeback, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah, your mum. <laughs> Considering Gideon's just said Santa can help you, and then she gets there and Santa's like, nah, I can't help you. But well, what he does, though, is he says that he's got something for mum, which is... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> is, is he going to come down a chimney? It's a big package that she can open. <laughs> um, which, it turns out, um, it's one of her letters that she gave to Santa when she was little. Right. Um, I didn't actually get this. Really? I, I, I was busy looking at Twitter again at this point. Fair enough. Um, and we get to see a, a shot, uh, a little scene in the actual toy workshop. There's there's a branded Budweiser train that's running through the the workshop, which I was like, yeah. again, beer in, in advertised in this children's film, brilliant. Again, I, I don't suspect this wasn't this wasn't for children, but then again, who was this for? Yeah, which like most live action Disney films. That's the problem again. Yeah. This sequence is really odd because it's filmed in what looks like it could be a real toy factory. It's very bland and utilitarian. There's no magic happening. There's no joy happening. All the people that work there are dead people that have then decided to do this as their job in heaven. Mm. And all I could think was, do I want to go to heaven if it's basically a sweatshop for Santa 365 days a year? Um, you have a shit life, you live in poverty, and when you die, you go to the big factory at the North Pole where Santa wears you down to make toys for children that you couldn't afford when you were alive because you were in poverty. Yeah, I mean, who says... Happy fucking Christmas. Who says this is heaven? (laughs) Very true. (laughs) Well, Santa and the devil do both like a little bit of red, don't they? They do, yes. So, they basically go back... To the house, yeah, and uh, Abby gives uh, Ginny the letter, which she reads it, and she finally realizes that everything is going to be okay. Yep, and with that, Dad just suddenly appears alive. Yeah, I think the idea is she has to post this magical letter through the magical post box for some reason, and she realizes this finally and does it, posts it through, and Dad reappears, who isn't aware that he ever got killed. Because from what I can gather, they've suddenly gone back 24 hours. Yeah, because then we get, we re-see the guy in the garage who was trying to sell his car, who then becomes the robber, Ginny buys something off him for $50 instead. Despite all of this shit about her not having any money. Um, Yeah, so they relive, uh, well, they they go to Christmas Eve as though the 23rd never happened. So somehow they skip a day. Yeah everything's undone so she's not fired anymore and all this stuff but so she starts by saying yeah fuck work i'm gonna have breakfast with my family yeah then she finally gets to work where there's no repercussions for her not going to work on time then she says fuck you i'm having until thursday off yeah, and work just go, okay yeah and the boss is like yeah fine he seems rather hesitant and bit zombie-like, so I'm not sure if well, what, Santa's made him lose his free will suddenly. Maybe, but as well, like, he whispers to her and basically says, that's fine, but don't tell the others, because otherwise I'd have a coup on my hands, basically. So everyone else ends up working more because she gets the time off. So, 
Thank you. Isn't everyone going to go, well, where is she? You think so? <laughs> yeah. Plot hole. Gone. Yeah, you know. Essentially, Ginny posting a letter reverses the death of her husband because reasons. It's a magic post box. It's the... I'm very sorry, Rob, but it is the most contrived happy ending of any film I've ever seen. They had to reverse the effects somehow. They just did a bit of symbolism, I suppose. Yeah. But I don't understand why if Gideon and all the rest had these powers in the first place, and if Ginny was their specific project this Christmas, yeah, why they didn't why they had to go through killing her entire family off first. Yeah. When they clearly thought that she needed an uplift anyway. I don't think killing her family is going to do it somehow. Yeah. And then finally we uh, get to see that for Christmas she gives Dad a cheque for five grand. Oh, yeah. Of his own money from his own bank account. Yeah. So it's a very symbolic cheque. But basically she's given all of her money to Dad. Yes. I wonder... In case she bothered, uh, they deliver that bike to that Molly girl as well. Yes, Molly gets the bike. Everyone's happy. Gideon's up the tree, perving at everybody with a big grin on his face. Yeah. For the first time in the whole film, he actually looks happy and like a nice person. We're finally at the end of the film. Says Merry Christmas and that's that. <laughs> so. It's a weird film. Yeah. Uh... Should I give some of my thoughts. Go on then. Yeah, like I said it's an oddity. I it's another one where there's some actual daring stuff in here. Yeah. Especially for a Christmas film. But it also feels like they wanted to do their own version of a Christmas camel but with but completely working around anything to do with Charles Dickens. Civical copyright it for themselves. Yeah. Um, nothing much seems to add up either. I just don't understand why they, why Gideon doesn't jump in at any minute to stop anything, stop bad stuff from happening. It's not like, I, I think the whole point is that. Ginny is supposed to like discover the spirit of Christmas, like meaning behind it. But surely to God that would help if she wasn't so stressed and having to work all the time and having to deal with everything else around her. So why doesn't Gideon just snap his fingers, Hannah boss suddenly goes, Oh by the way, I have two weeks off and here's a Christmas bonus. Hmm. It could have easily have just done that. It's but then you wouldn't have the film, Chris. No. <laughs> That's the reason. Yeah. It's just, like I say, it's very strange. It, it went in a di- direction I didn't expect. Like I said, I was expecting your standard schmaltzy, there's a slight problem, but in the end, it's snowing, all the lights are on, everything's, everything's brilliant, everything's cosy, everything's a Hallmark TV channel film. And it doesn't really do that, which I guess I should commend it in some way, but I just don't think the elements of it all gel together that well. Especially, like, again, it's is it a kid's film? Is it a film for adults? I don't know. Hmm. What did you think? So, yeah, as, I'm watch- as I was watching it, obviously I came at it as if this is a kid's Christmas film on the Disney 
streaming service. Mm. And I was having that mind frame meant that I really did not get on with this film as I was watching it. Yeah. Especially the beginning bit because it is so bleak. It is so there's so many creepy elements that I was not expecting. But then from the death of dad it just goes absolutely bonkers. Mm. And it doesn't feel although it has the trimming <laughs> the, the trimmings of Christmas. Hey. It, it it's not paced like a Christmas film. It doesn't sound like a Christmas film. It certainly doesn't look like a Christmas film. And I find it like I, by the end, I was so completely gobsmacked by what was happening that I just found it so. I I found it quite funny mm. by the end because it was so ridiculous and so not what I was expecting. So. I mean, the score that I've written down, I've written down a two, but I think a two is kind of coming from thinking of it as a kid's film for Christmas. Yeah. But I think, like, if I was to introduce friends to this film and I said, this is a par- almost like a satire of Christmas films, almost a parody of Christmas films, and we sat down with the purpose of ridiculing it, I think it's it could be possible to have quite a good time with this film. Right. If you know what to expect going in, which we did, I didn't when I watched it, and obviously you didn't when you watched it tonight. So I feel like from that side of things, I kind of want people to watch this film because mm. it is so bonkers and it makes the most left field decisions that you just don't see coming and i think if you take that on board before you start it's possible to have quite a good time with that so from that side of things i think it you could give it almost like a six six and a half yeah but i think i'm gonna have to go somewhere in the middle of those two scores right to be fair because I don't know 100% if it is possible to have fun with this film, but I certainly, since watching it, I can't stop thinking about this film mm. because it's so mental. And I've, I've purposely been summarising it because whenever anyone's asked me, oh, what's the film you've had to watch this week been like? Because obviously I, anytime anyone talks to me, they want to know what shit I've been watching for this stupid podcast. So when I summarise it and say a woman learns the true meaning of Christmas when her husband gets shot and her children drown. <laughs> People want to watch it. Yeah, they do. And I kind of... If you if you went into this film and said, you will not believe what this film what happens in this film, mm. I think there, there is enjoyment to be had, but not to be shown to your children on no. Christmas Day. Probably not, no. <laughs> so, yeah, scores-wise... I'm going to be really, really nice to it, and I'm going to give it a five. Okay. And I'm going to stick with the scores I'm going to go with originally, which I think there's enough in here to want it a six. Good. Yeah. yeah. So I, I don't think it deserves to be at the bottom of the table for the rest I, of them. No, absolutely not. No. Um, I, I think... F- there's enough daring in it. It's just uh, a bit miscalculated if, and, and confused. 
I can't remember for sure if it's on the Disney like uh, Disney Plus app in America, but it's definitely on the Disney Life app in England. Mm. Um, I would recommend what giving this film a go because it is it's just mental. Well, I can uh, if you over thought for a minute, I might be able to tell you. There's a way of specifically sc- searching for stuff. I'll scat. Disney Plus is shit because it's not here right now. Yeah, it's on there. So amazing. Yes. So if you, it's on Disney Plus, and well, there you go, America. You've no excuse not to rediscover this film. And if you're in the UK, sorry, pirate. I don't need the money. No. It's just corporate greed at this point. There was nothing wrong with just having with Netflix having everything, okay? Anyway, so yeah, that was one magic Christmas. I mean there was one of a Christmas. <laughs> Not sure if it was magic. I mean technically it had magic in it. Oh yeah, I suppose so, yeah. yeah. So Matt Latham of Pick a Disc fame, whose podcast we've both guested on, mm. he's gonna be our guest on the next episode. Okay. He has said, though, that he is not bothered what we watch. Oh, boy. What so, have you done, Matt? technically, that would make it your pick. I have not picked anything, so let me have the quickest of looks. Oh, Latham, what have you done? <laughs> he lets me pick albums on his podcast, and I pick Chocolate Starfish and Hot Dog Flavoured Water, <laughs> which, to his horror, is by far his most popular episode. A fact that I like to remind everyone about. Because I'm quite smug about it. My episode is one of the worst watch, least watched episodes that he's done as well. Yeah, I've, I've listened. Think, so. I, yeah, I've not. Li- I need to catch up. There, I'm, I'm a few episodes behind, but I think I still might bottom of the table of his rankings as well. Because he, he like ranks every single film, uh, yeah, every yeah. single album that he listens to. <laughs> and I can't remember if I sent him his podcast before, but it, it was an album. He listened to Delivery on Spotify, so he didn't pick up in his algorithms on, on Spotify. <laughs> Probably for the best. Right, I've got to pick something then. Right, let's go straight for the 90s. Yeah, let's mix it up. Let's pick a period where Disney actually knew what they were doing. Yeah. Right, I want to try and enjoy the next film because I'm losing my mind here. <laughs> so, let's go for... Oh, well, it's down as now, so I'll go for it. Muppet Treasure Island. Yes! Yeah, I guess, according to our Wikipedia article, which we take as gospel, it says it's a live action Well, it's live action. Yeah, You know, they're not animated for puppets. They're not animated. Brilliant. Yeah, uh, I've gone real easy on you there, Latham, so (laughs) you're welcome. Yeah, so that'll be our next episode. Um, So, yeah, if you, uh, you know, have some free time as well, I would highly recommend checking out Pick a Disc with Matt Latham because it's a brilliant show. You can listen to me chat about how amazing Jimmy Eat World's clarity is. And then if you really wanted to, you could uh, listen to Chris explain why... uh, what are they even called? Limp Biscuit. Why Limp Biscuit are apparently amazing, which I don't believe. It, by the time this episode goes out as well, I should have my second appearance on there, in which I discuss the other staple of my new metal diet, which is Linkin Park's Hybrid Theory. Now, I'm absolutely behind you on that one, because I have uh, Hybrid Theory on vinyl, because it's a classic, that album. My entire musical 
My taste in music is completely influenced by vinyl. Album. Okay, boomer. <laughs> right. So, where can people find you on the internet, Christopher? I honestly, I will have changed my Twitter handle by the time this episode goes out. I'm actually debating between two handles at the minute All right, to, okay. to, to turn to my website, but I've not decided which one yet. So, just well, maybe we can put it up on. Uh, as a poll on the without a mouse. No, because Twitter. I'm no, because I'm redoing my website at a minute, and I actually can't decide if I'm going to go by my normal name or if I'm going to go behind a slight brand name to brand myself a bit. All right, okay. I, 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 I don't do pen names so. <laughs> though. What's your stage name? Well, I, I thought of a uh, I thought of a word. You know how like before I've like done unmurdered and all that. I like, just like thought like random made up words. Yes. So I just uh, thought of a word called end setter. Which is like trendsetter, but it's like the end of it instead. You could have been famous so many years ago if you just settled on one name for your brand. Yeah, no. <laughs> but to be fair, what's I what's very funny is uh, when it all kicked off earlier this year with like the bill and all that lot. Um, I meant to change my Twitter handle then because I've hated that kid's swole name for ages. I've had it for like two, three years now. Oh dear. And I, I didn't change it when it was too late by the time it all started kicking off. Yeah. So anyway, it's either going to be Endsetter or what the, I think I've also got ChrisWatson.xyz. So it might be ChrisWatson.xyz. Problem is I've got a really bland real life name, haven't I? So I can't, much. I can't have a .com for it because that was taken years yeah, and years ago. Yeah. Anyway, so. Welcome, find you, Tim. Uh, my Twitter is at TimblesRH and the official Twitter for this podcast is at Podwam. We're also on Instagram, but it's mostly pictures of my cat. Although mm. I don't know if it is now. I think it's more of the shit really but it's at without a mouse i think for christmas period you should change the twitter handle to pod web apocalypse <laughs> i am i i almost no. said, said that correctly but you know <laughs> one apocalypse there we go no definitely not i don't that'll be too long won't it po- uh, possibly yeah but let's see how long it takes before you uh <laughs> listen to one this year i hate one i hate all 80s music to be honest yeah, you know, I'm, I'm with you on that one. I'm not... I don't like the way 80s music sounds. Like no. the production of that lot. I don't like the way all the men sing like this. I just think it sounds like they all took too much coke. Yeah. And uh, we, you can also email us at withoutamouse at gmail.com and you can... Send nudes. Now find us on Facebook as well. We have a Facebook group, which is, again, just search for Without a Mouse. I'm not on Facebook. No. So that's completely curated by... Well, all the social media is curated by me. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not allowed in charge of him because I do such a poor job with cinema <laughs> To be fair, you're just too busy, Chris. You've got too much on your plate already. Uh, yeah. Yes. Anyway, shall we go? I'm, I'm off to bed. I'm it, so tired. It's time for a glass of eggnog. Followed by a, a cup of mulled wine. Do you think Santa's going to come? <laughs> Down your chimney. <laughs> uh, that's why I felt for this book. Yeah, it's already gone now. <laughs> We're just not
Last Christmas I gave you my heart <laughs> next year you ripped it out and ate it. Ugh! Blood everywhere. That's um, twice magical Christmas. <laughs> That's the plot of it. Bye. Bye, Sugar Hanukkah.